Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we talk about the new patch, the new May skin, and NFP. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to week two of season three of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. I hope you have all been well. Um, how have you been, Kevin? Ooh, I, I've been busy. Uh, Oof. Oof. Lot, lots of stuff. It was your birthday, yes? Yes. So Happy birthday. Belated yeah. happy birthday to you. Yeah. My birthday was on, I think it was Friday. I don't, I don't even know what time is anymore. Uh, I think my was, birthday was, was on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so this whole weekend for me has been just like, it feels like it's been busy and like I've been doing things like almost every day. Um, wait, let me just make sure that I actually know what, what happened here. Um, on the 22nd, which was Thursday, I saw the Demon Slayer movie. Um, I went to theaters um, and I sat with another, you know, birthday crew and we all sat and watched the Demon Slayer movie in IMAX. Um, that was at 10 PM. Uh, <laughs> so it was a late, late showing, but it was definitely something worth looking at. Uh, yeah. I casted a tournament on my birthday. Ooh. Um, it was a quick, like best of three for Valorant. Um, got that all done. Uh, and then the 25th, uh, I saw the Warrior game. Uh, I went to that, uh, you know, I went to Chase Center, saw them win. Uh, not like those other ones, uh, the, the one recently where they just got absolutely whooped. Um, and then, yeah, the, the last couple of days have been work. So it's more like it feels like there's not a lot of time to do stuff, but I've been doing a lot of things in the past couple of days. So, uh very eventful uh but yeah i know that there's a lot more stuff coming down the pipeline uh how about you matt how, how was your how was your weekend i don't much remember it <laughs> i think that's just been it's just because like my energy i've been exhausted the past week because like thankfully this weekend i didn't have any work for wondry so that let me catch up on other work but like i've been Doing the journalism thing again. I've been I've been starting that up again. I had to cover um, two things this weekend, so not having wondering stuff gave me time to do that. Plus, catch up on work for Finding Founders, which like uh, we're an assembly line system in Finding Founders. So like, and I'm a producer, so I I have more responsibilities than other editors. So like, I have to wait for people to get me their edited sequences and when they don't get me their edited sequences that pushes me back and our deadlines are being pushed back and it's just it's just a snowball of things so like i caught up at one point so to where i was like 
where I was supposed to be, but people still got me their stuff late. So that just pushed me back again. And I was back to like the stressful thing. And I had like an hour of, of audio I had to, I had to edit, which took me days to do. Um, it, the sequences ended up being an hour total, not like it was only an hour. Like I was able to cut things down and like edit them and add in the magic of music and sound effects. So, um, yeah, my, my energy has been so off. It's been ridiculous. I'm like, I just napped for a large portion of today because I have not been sleeping. Yeah, like sleep schedules are all over the place right now. Um, right. Like for work, I had to get up early and Ew. early for me is like, you know, 830. Uh, but <laughs> I had to do that on weekend for stuff because farm, yeah. farmers markets are early. Yeah, and my normal sleep schedule is I sleep at like six in the morning. <laughs> uh, so it was really weird to be like, oh, wait, I actually have to sleep at 10 p.m. And I was like, I've only been awake for seven hours. <laughs> like, I'm not tired. Um, but it was it was weird. It's like I had to completely shut down and it, it feels off. But at the same time, it's like what the sun is out and I have to be outside this is very weird but yeah overall it was just it was an experience it's definitely going to be something that uh i have to keep on top of now that you know work is going to start building up again <sighs> work i mean like it's glad it's good that we are working like that's that's not a bad thing because not working is while it sounds fun and it is fun initially the more non-working you are the worse it gets <laughs> yeah that, that that's very true in theory you're like oh well no work that that means i get to i'm free i get to play but yeah. no <laughs> not really <laughs> did you end up did you see the uh the mortal Kombat movie yes i did so i watched that on my oh, birthday okay i, I want to know your thoughts so, so Kev, how <laughs> first off but how how involved are you in with like the MK history and the lore and how, and how long have you been an MK? Uh, I've been an MK for a while. Um, okay. I, I would say, well, it's one of, it was probably my first video game that my dad ever made me play, which is probably not the best idea. Um, <laughs> don't let your five-year-old play mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, this is the reason why I have the blood code like memorized. It was something that my dad was like, I'm only going to tell you this once. And so, <laughs> that's the one thing like it's not not a family tradition it's not a recipe it's the <laughs> mk blood code um but yeah it it was interesting i i saw the movie and um my friends were like when did the first mk movie come out and i was like oh crap. 1994 i believe it was 95 95 so, okay I'm, so it's as old as us yeah so i was telling them like yo people were like oh how old are you today happy birthday and i'm like i'm i'm the first mk movie to today's mk movie old <laughs> <laughs> like like whoa <laughs> like yeah you remember when techno used to be in the intro we, we don't get that anymore everyone was mad that they waited to the end credits to use that song yeah okay so like as unspoilery as we can do this, I want to know your thoughts of this movie. Because I have strong thoughts of this movie. Um, I, I want more Scorpion. Is that, <laughs> is that bad? Um, I want no. more Scorpion. Who, who the F was Cole? He, he, and, 
<laughs> li- li- quite literally, plot armor. Yeah, they got like like what? You're not even you're not in the game. What what are you doing here? And then also like, how does he know how to use the tonfas? Y- yeah. Uh, and then the other thing was like, what? When does this take place? Right? Like the <laughs> like the the whole MK story thing is like, uh, Outworld can now move into earth realm if they win the 10th mortal Kombat tournament right um uh th- there was no tournament this was a lie <laughs> so i was i was confused so like, i was um, the other mk games like you, you have to start with the tournament yeah because that's like and the then the other point. mk game other movies or games you could go after that but you have to start with the first with the 10th tournament yeah, because that's the one that, like, you know, that's fate of the world is writing on this. Like, this is, you know, what what keeps peace uh, between realms. There's no but, stakes to it. Yeah, that was point. Yeah, and and like I feel I feel like by by them like just it's it's not a spoiler to say they kill off a bunch of characters. This is this is MK, goddamn it. Mm-hmm. But like they kill off a bunch of characters that they could have one they could have saved for later, and two like. It it messes up the stupid story they were trying to build with the dragon marks, because now like yeah you so so who gets the dragon marks now if there's no one to claim drag if there's no dragon marks left like what this was yeah. stupid this was really stupid and um, then it's also just like well everybody knows like fan favorites certain certain characters you wanted to see mm-hmm. but at the same time like. With without the whole thing, it feels like it was more of a prequel to something that they wanted right. to make it a prequel for. And like, um, we we know that there there's something at the end of the movie that like got everybody hyped. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it doesn't feel like it's a lead in. It doesn't feel like this movie had a true conclusion right. at the end. Um, where we can all feel be like, like deserves a sequel. They're they're they have four planned i don't think it deserves anything i yeah it it doesn't i feel like if anything like if you're planning four of them like just do just do the series correctly like that's all we yeah that's all we need um and then the other thing was like i i wanted like i was wondering about more characters right because mm-hmm. we saw some of them that came in early and we're and like, oh, okay. The, they, te- they teased a bunch of stuff as well, just Easter eggs throughout. So yeah, this in this universe. Um, but like, I just don't know how far they want to go with these movies. Is it going to follow? Like, they kind of, they kind of done goofed up the entire like original timeline. Yeah. So, like, is there any chance of us seeing things that happened in the games, or are they just gonna be like, oh, well? we're adding this guy now like oh he's coming in and you're just like okay (laughs) i don't know because i at this point like you don't even know what who some of these characters like they they never explain who shang sung is yeah he's just there and he's really poorly done he's just an angry sorcerer man and then i mean at the very least raiden is asian yes but that's the only thing that they get right about Raiden. He doesn't even have his straw hat's kind of does he have the straw hat? I don't even remember. Uh a little bit, but it's kind of whack. Okay. 
uh, I mean, just I feel like for them adding in Cole, who's not a character in the games, who it, literal plot armor. Um, you've probably seen the pic. If you haven't seen the movie, you've probably seen the pictures of it. Literal plot armor. Um, I feel like this is that's just so much hubris on the director's part. Like you think you're good enough in two hours to introduce a brand new character that's honestly total garbage and does nothing for your story. No, that's not, it's not good. Like I, I'm trying to think of like any parallel that we I can think of, but there's, there's I don't, like video game movies have historically been bad, but I don't think that the directors have ever been this cocky on it. Yeah, like, and the, and the thing with Mortal Kombat as well is most of the people who are watching it are familiar with the universe. Like, it's not something that's brand new that everybody's being reintroduced to. It's like, it's been around. We know the characters, and we kind of want to see their story portrayed, you know, the the way how it was it was kind of done. But, you know, to actually see people, like, hit each other uh, instead of, mm-hmm. you know, just video games and pixels doing it. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was for for me. I was like, "Cool, this is a this is a movie that's way better to watch with like friends just to like crap on it." Yeah, for <laughs> like lack of a better word, the, the Death Note Netflix movie. Yeah, it you you just watch it with friends and just be like, well, they they f this up pretty bad. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I they they did Kano really well. Yeah, I I, I, I like Kano, like. Have you seen the memes where it's like an actor who plays Kano sent to the hospital for carrying the entire movie on his back? No. Because <laughs> he, he carries the entire movie on his back. Like without Kano, you've got a literal steaming pile of shit. Yeah. Well, like they needed, you know, some form of comic relief. And the fact that it was like, usually it's like, ho oh, ho, Johnny Cage. He's yeah, got money. He they, they removed Johnny Cage because like, oh, we can't have two funny characters in a in a movie. Like, so what? I I mean, like Kano did a good job though. Like yeah. I gotta you gotta give him props for being able to literally carry that film. But the rest of it was just made no sense. Like the more yeah. I talk about this movie, the like I started after watching it, I was like, okay, this is like maybe a, a six or a seven on my scale. The more I talk about it, the lower it gets. Like, so before this, I was at a four. I think I'm, I dropped down to a three on this. Yeah, it it was funny. So like we saw this for my birthday with a with a friend of mine. And we were like, we, we, finished, the, we finished the new one. And we're like, that was okay. And then we're like, let's watch the original Mortal Kombat. So... <laughs> I dug up the original DVD of, oh. of Mortal Kombat 1 and we watched it and I'm like, Shang Tsung like kicks ass in this movie. Like he he's like powerful. You understand what he does. You like, know that he's Shang Tsung. Yeah, and he's got the, the soul suck thing down. Like uh that that was cool. Um and also they oh just I, I I remember now, like it just popped in my head. They did Jack so dirty in this movie, in the new one. <laughs> they did him yeah. so dirty. And like here's some baby arms, and he's like, oh, uh, he's like, oh, <laughs> I, these, these baby arms suck. <laughs> and then he's like, you gotta find your, you gotta find your thing. He's like, what do you mean? And then it's just like, 
Oh, baby arms got hit with Torb Hammer. Boom. Uh, he got better arms. Woo. I'm like, you couldn't have just built him better arms at the start. Like, you need some magical, like, Mortal Kombat energy to make his baby arms into real arms. Like, come on, man. Like, that did, that did my man so dirty. They couldn't have just, like, made him of, like, super strength or something. Like, they, they couldn't have done that. Yeah, it's just like, oh, huh. Your 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 twig arms are now slightly buff. <laughs> like that's not a that's not a dragon tat like dragon birthmark bestowing like ability. That's just like alien technology. Like that's that's all that did. It's just like yeah, the the film felt like it was. It's um a good use of the CG. Like I felt like. Yo, Goro, Goro was pretty com- so good. Goro looked good. I would say, you know, the actress who played Melina was really good as well. Um, they did her dirty too. Yeah, but she, yeah, she didn't get a lot of screen. Um, and also, it's just like we barely saw the mouth, and like the mouth is what makes Melina Melina. Like you saw the mouth once. Yeah, you see it once, and that's it. And I'm like, if they did it, if they showed that off a little bit more, I feel like a lot more people would be into it. Um, just because it is, you know, MK, we want to see people get, you know, completely destroyed. That's just what we're into. Um, but yeah, it it was it was okay for what it was. And I would say if if you're gonna watch it, uh watch it with friends. It's not worth watching on your own. No. Uh and yeah, just just remember what MK originally was. Um and if you need to go back and watch the original ones, uh, they are on a bunch of streaming platforms. Um, and yeah, just, just go and do that. <laughs> Did you ever watch the uh, the Machinima series on YouTube? Uh, which one? They did a live action uh, Mortal Kombat series, I think around right after MK9 came out. It was like early 2010s. There was a the Mishima came out with a live action Mortal Kombat series. I think it's like Mortal Kombat Legacies or something. I would say that if you put those together and made a movie out of it, it was it's just so much better than what we were given with this movie. This one. Oh yeah. Okay, MK mess. Legacy. I like, remember this. The Johnny Cage episode was so good. I feel like they did the Scorpion Sub Zero fight a lot better and just their story a lot better um, yeah they did they did scorpion so really dirty they nerfed him so hard they nerfed him harder than mercy yeah and it like he, he's the the downplayed brig of this entire thing <laughs> it, it was like it, it's cool but like you could honestly make a whole movie on like scorpion's prequel and like the intro to the first mk tournament yeah but yeah it was it was something I remember this series too, the the legacy series. It was well done. I think it was just because it had like they, they had more time to play with. And I bet you they had a much smaller budget and they still made it yeah. look a lot better. So yeah, I I don't I don't know, Warner Brothers, what you doing with your money? Does, Hire these guys. Does Mortal Kombat not have the believe in Overwatch League seal of approval? They they get a they get a met out of ten. Like mm, a met out of ten. I like it. I, I approve of that rating. 
but also Kevin, what I was gonna say was uh, I I saw on your uh, on your Twitter that at once upon a time you were a director and a screenwriter. Yes, I did not so, know this about you. So I went to school for um, for motion picture and television. That is what I majored in. Um, so yeah, I I used to do film directing and it it was fun and all. I just feel like it was it was okay. Uh, and then the script writing came with the directing degree. It's yeah. something that you have to you have to do. Um, but yeah, it was for for me. Like I got into esports at the end of my time in college, which really sucks because like I was on the first, like one of the first Overwatch teams um, for the school, and so Overwatch was just starting to get big, and I was graduating. Waiting. And so, like, the first team that I was with, um, we, we're still really close right now, but mm-hmm. it was, like, that crew was probably the first time that I actually had, like, a bunch of people who cared about something else that wasn't their, their schoolwork. Yeah. And, like, that was the club that I, like, wanted to be in. And it was just unfortunate that it was, like, my last semester. And I was like, oh, okay, I can't do this anymore because I'm, I'm graduating. I'm a boomer. Um, and then essentially the, the director of esports at the school was like, Hey, you're, you're good. We want you back. And so ever since then, I've been doing, uh, doing those esports events, casting, going places and yeah, got, getting completely involved in this. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a good experience. It's just, you know, completely different world here. Mm-hmm. So onward to the, uh, the overwatchy parts of this podcast. I need to bring up the patch notes because that's what we're talking about first. And I don't even have the tab up. You would think I'd be more prepared considering I'm, I'm the one putting together this notes page, but okay. So these patch notes went live April 22nd, 2021. So that was a week ago today. So here we go. Baptiste, they reduced his immortality field strength or they reduced the immortality field's minimum health threshold and the area of effect of his healing output as they provided too much value overall for closely grouped teams. However, direct impacts with the healing grenade projectiles will now grant additional healing to the impacted ally to keep his single target healing effective with a slightly higher skill requirement. So I believe this is mostly everything, if not everything that was in the last experimental patch. So um, the secondary fire of his biotic launcher um, in Increase or reduces the explosion healing from 60 to 50, but increases the direct impact healing by 20. And the immortality field only protects you up to a 10% health threshold as opposed to the 20 that it used to be. This one, next one, Diva is a holdover from the crazy April Fool's Day thing. I guess they really liked it. Um, so her Diva's respawn is often intentionally delayed by the enemy team if she's the last player alive from her team and without her mech. This change will make it more dangerous to be near the call mech area, arrival area for low health heroes. So the call mech damage is increased from 50 to 250. Um, Kevin, do you, I don't think that their explanation for this change makes sense just let me know your thoughts on this because i feel like i mean you you see people stagger the diva 
mm-hmm. all the time. It's just a really good tactic to mess up the synergy of the opposing team, mess up their flow, um, and not allow them to have a, a full team grouped up for the next fight. Um, but when you're staggering the diva, I've I don't think she has really any opportunity if you if you're going up against a good team or a team that knows what they're doing when they stagger like any opportunity to really get enough ult charge to get that mech back i feel like they just wanted to to put this change in and we're looking for an excuse to do it and that's just their explanation yeah this this call mech thing is is a little interesting like for the most part you only use it to literally just get your mech back you just kind of spam it when whenever you get 100 you're just like okay i'm calling it back um but i don't know if this makes a difference for for diva unless you're doing something weird like baby diva survives you 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 get your mech back and then you have like an earth shatter and then you call mech on top of somebody just to erase them like That's that's the so only you, thing. Yeah, when you combo, it makes sense, but not like when you're the last person being staggered. Oh yeah, when you're when you're being staggered, like you barely get a chance to call mech anyways. Um, so you're just trying to run off to the edge so you can die as fast as you can. Exactly. So for the most part, I think diva players will look at this as kind of like a like a funny secondary, like hilarious one point burst. Um, versus like oh i'm i'm going to just call it whenever i can i i think it's just going to be like if you see a call mech kill it's going to be hilarious i mean i saw a feed today i was playing with zomnix today oh my god today is wednesday i thought it was thursday for some reason see i my energy's really off i don't know what's wrong with me um, so moving to echo so this one they're blatantly saying it's a change picked up from the experimental card um since Echo gains an additional health pool using her duplicate ultimate, it seemed reasonable that she doesn't need to be healed full upon ending it as well. The minimum health value is there so she doesn't instantly die to a small amount of damage when it ends. As often with a long duration ultimate, it can be difficult to remember your starting health. So when the duplicate ends, she returns to the health value she had right before she used the ultimate as opposed or, or to 100 health, whichever is higher, as opposed to like just being fully topped off which i think is a much fairer um level to have considering like how fast she gets her ultimate when she's duplicating yeah this is just a nice little change like echoes used to just be able to pop it get full hp and leave but now it's like okay well you're either at half or at whatever you had prior Mm -hmm. um you can't use it as like a get out of jail for free card um all the time you know like if you get bursted down you should be able to get bursted um so yeah it's really interesting to see this change go through and i think it's going to make it the survivability of echo during her ultimate is going to be a little bit different but i don't think that i think that smart players are still going to be able to escape in time and not really worry about this too much Mm -hmm. yeah it's like it's just it's a more mindfulness thing Mm mm-hmm and a little bit more of a fairness trade-off, I guess you could say. Um, okay, so Moira. Moira has been underperforming in the support role, even in team compositions and metas, where we'd expect her to excel. Reducing the cooldown of Biotic Orb is a significant increase in Moira's potential to quickly adapt to many situations, so that cooldown has been reduced from 10 to 8 seconds. Um, Arissa. 
We're reevaluating the cooldown for Orisa's halt ability after her previous changes have reduced its effectiveness to combo with other heroes. We'll keep a close eye on whether the increased frequency of this displace displacement ability ends up being too disruptive to gameplay. So this was another reduction in cooldown from eight seconds to six seconds. Um, Reinhardt. Reinhardt has been overperforming since his last round of changes to increase tank diversity we are reverting his armor to its previous value while keeping the rocket hammer damage increased for now as it helps balance out the reduced crowd control duration of earth shatter so the armor has been reduced from 250 to 200 and his health or armor total well his health armor total has been reduced from 550 to 500 i don't like it i don't like i, I kind of hate the hp uh it yeah, I feel like it's it's okay. It just means that we have to like play a little bit more safe. And I understand like why they want to do certain things to allow for more hero diversity. But at the same time, it's like Ryan is Ryan. Like you're he he should be your your standard for everything. If if you're changing this number, um, then we'll see what other damage output numbers they have to change as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, like they keep tweaking his like they keep reducing his shield they keep reducing his health and i somewhat something that i read on the internet that someone pointed out that i really um agree with is like the whole point of reinhardt is he's just a walking shield and if you keep lowering his health and his shield values it like it really kind of removes the point of him because he can't shield while he's attacking so if he just becomes an ult battery at that point if you're far enough away so eh, I can see the need not to make him too strong, but they just keep dragging him down. Eventually he's going to have tracer health. Uh, just, just give him Genji's speed. If you're going to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Have hammer bro. Come back. <laughs> Imagine if he had that ability, like the hammer bro from Mario brothers. Just, just throw, throw it. Shield. Uh, that that would be that would be fun. I mean, just throw the shield in like a reaper. Just pull out another one. Yeah, <laughs> and just slap people. Like, just <laughs> if you want to break Ryan, just give him shield bash. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear lord! Just make him brig. Let's just make him brig already. Yeah, just make him brig. It's the same thing. So Roadhog. Roadhog is a hero who has been underperforming lately, with not much changing about him since late late last year. Where he had, oh, I wrote, I said too late. Since late last year, when he had a more dominant presence, though the balance of other heroes has indeed shifted around. We're partially reverting the reduction to his damage to help bring him back to a more effective level. So for his scrap gun, the damage per projectile was increased from 6 to 6.6. And for Sombra, <clears throat> Sombra's gameplay usually involves a lot more, a lot of time waiting for opportune moments to strike and using the translocator to disengage at a safe distance. Speeding up her movement and stealth should help get her back to the action more quickly. So the movement speed bonus is increased from 50 to 65% when you're invisible in stealth mode. It's an, it's an okay change. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that she one. She wants to go fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen Crocs. That's the thing that was trending for a little bit. I don't know why. Uh, but 
anyways, like the overall changes to these uh, have been mostly to the to the tank line. Um, and this is that's the one thing that I'm afraid of now, just by looking at this this change here. Like, there's not a lot that's like, ooh, screaming like out loud. The the smell of the Roadhog damage increase plus Arissa's halt going down just smells halt hook coming back. Mm. Um, you might not be able to stay like alive Old as long pork. just because like you don't have like the shield is still weak. Like yeah. Arissa's shield is still like holding a piece of paper uh to somebody who's literally throwing a rock at you um it it's not a lot um but i do feel like halt hook can come back um depending on how the team plays it and who's on it um and then the moira change so once again biotic orb cooldown reduced to eight seconds from 10 um it's gonna make moira more uh I feel like this is just enough to like allow Moira to to play in the game a little bit longer and to give her more presence on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more than what the Baptiste change did, which makes sense because like everybody likes Baptiste for you know perfect so balance strong. of damage and healing. Um, he's, in, he's in a really good spot, even with this. I think. Yeah, like this is still he's still playable. Um, it's just like. You can't cheese your way through like a lot of HP healing, and that's exactly what they did with Moira. So they said like, if you're worried about like healing a ton of people in a small area with the biotic launcher, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you should be more effective by using Moira. Um, in that case, rather than like point and click only, you know? Yeah, yeah. Are there any changes here that you you especially like? Like I I. I like the diva thing. A lot of people that I've talked to, like, and the people online don't like it. I think it just, it makes sense. Just lore wise. Like you're getting, if you're in the same area that a giant mech is coming down, you're, you're not generally going to get out of there alive. Yeah. The thing to take away from that is just like, you're literally getting a mech dropped on your head. Like, it's not gonna, it's not like a squeaky hammer or anything, right? Like, there's gonna be, you know, some damage. So, I'm glad that callback is this. I, I'm just waiting for the hilarious, like, call mech to, like, erase an earth shattered mercy or to call mech in the middle of grav. Like, just small things like that, I feel like will be hilarious to see. Yeah. I just wanna see that happen during the league. I want to see when this change comes through to their patch. Moving on. Um, so the archives event also did end. Um, I I didn't really feel the need to play it as much just because we only had three new um, challenge modes this time, and I ended up beating them all as well. I was having trouble with the Unbreakable Barriers one, but eventually a group of randos and I were able to do it. I wasn't too jazzed about the skins because I mean, they were, they weren't bad skins. I wouldn't say that, but they didn't feel like archive skins. They felt more like anniversary event skins. Um, I did end up getting the, the Karen mercy one. So that one, that one's in my collection thoughts, Kevin thoughts. I thought it was just an okay event again. Like once again, like, 
it's cool to go and grind the skins. I did not like the star system. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it literally just said for me, oh, play Storm Rising with your friends, pick Bastion, support that, whatever. Like, that. <laughs> that's all we did for, like, 10 minutes straight. And then we're just like, okay, yeah, we're done. Like, it it didn't get people to come back and play the game again. You know, it's more like it comes and goes in waves. And that's exactly yeah. what we're going to be doing. Um, that, that's what we're going to be doing for a while now. I, I feel like Overwatch is going to come out with a new patch, right? And everybody's going to be like, oh, cool, new patch. Like, or cool, new event for skins and stuff. And then when we're done with it, we're just going to be like, okay, well, that was... That was fun. Now off to play a game that's not Overwatch. Um, that just seems to be the flow of everything. And I just hope that, you know, like, it's not just because of events that people, like, are done playing the game. I just feel like there needs to be a difference of flow or, like, a change that brings a lot of people back. Um, or everybody was just so hyped over Overwatch 2 and it's just waiting on that now <laughs> next year next year we'll get it if if so i we don't we don't even know you know yeah you're right i i might have just jinxed us 2025 yeah <laughs> let's just hope for 2025 sometime in our lifetime please <laughs> our grandchildren will finally get to play overwatch 2 <laughs> they'll play overwatch 2 um so the last thing from this new patch that dropped today, I believe, or not to, or there was a, when was the last time I even played Overwatch? I don't even know when this update came through. Um, but I think the, the, the May skin dropped today, the MMA. Too good. To tie in for May Melee um, as well. Uh, this, this skin has been causing a lot of controversy online. Um, one, because people are like, this doesn't fit with May at all. Like, yes, it's got the pun on it, but like, this makes more sense for a Brig or a Zarya or for Doomfist to have a a boxer MMA fighter skin. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Doom already has his, his karate one for the summer games event. Um, but it would it would make more sense for one of those characters. Um, and also there's been some controversy regarding the the hairstyle that May has that it's in it's in tightly braided cornrows. Um some people are thinking that's cultural appropriation, but in if you watch fighting at all, you'll know that like women fighters do that because they're not allowed to have their hair free because it's well, it's a liability for for grabbing it just gets everywhere and also um i believe this is actually also a reference to a ufc fighter um mm-hmm. zhang wei li i think she just lost actually very recently but there's a like a photo of her and a photo of the may and it looks pretty damn close yeah i was i was looking at this um because i was like zhang wei li when i was watching you know the fight um her record, by the way, uh, prior to her her loss there was twenty one and one. When did so, she lose? Was that like it was very recent, right? It was Saturday. Oh, very very recent. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Um, I was watching, like, I didn't watch this fight, but I, I watched her previous fights um, because I have a lot of friends who are into this, and it was like she was pretty dominant, and it was it was scary. A twenty-one to one record is not easy to have. Yeah, um, and so it was just really fun to like see the nod to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a fun, like, little like head nod to uh, Zhang Weili. So it's cool to see that. Um, I don't know if I, I hope that her crew doesn't like come by and just be like, "You stole our image." Uh, <laughs> like, I, I hope that they just let Overwatch have this because they they I mean, need they it very well. Are within their rights to say, "Hey, I don't want my image." in here i hope they collaborated with her at least yeah like it would be cool if they like said like oh she approved of this skin like it's just something that blizzard worked with her to to bring um that would be cool but i don't know if if they actually ran it by her camp or Mm -hmm. something else happened um but it was definitely a cool little nod if anything um and yeah hopefully hopefully we get to see more cool skins like this in the future one of the more ridiculous controversies that came about of this was like, if you look at her face, like she has bruises on her face and some markings and coloring. Um, but, and, and some people are like, Oh my God, you're glorifying uh, hitting women and abuse. But like, dude, this is literally an MMA skin. Do you know <laughs> what happens in MMA? People get punched in the face. My dude. Yeah. On, on occasion. I mean, not all the time. Usually, sometimes it's a knee to the face. Sometimes, you know. But like for the most part, it is like, yeah, MMA is it's a, it's a mixed martial arts sport. So it's literally what MMA stands for. So, uh, don't don't hate the player, hate hate the game. I guess that's the best way of putting it. Um, but yeah, I I honestly thought it was a cool skin. I think it's it's worth them actually like even attempting something like this, um, to get people involved in the May melee. Um, even if it's a dumb pun, um, and it works out that way, but uh, it it's something. What do you think about the skin? I I personally I don't like it. I think it, I just I don't know something about it. I don't like. Um, I will agree. I I will say that the pun is very clever. I I was gonna get it just for the pun. <laughs> um. <laughs> another thing like um i was talking with a friend um i think it was last night um like we were we were discussing the parallels between dota 2 and and overwatch and like how some of the characters have similar abilities um and then this drops earlier today and i'm like okay there's literally a character in dota 2 named tusk um he is an arctic walrus uh, yeah, he's an Arctic walrus, and he has an ultimate ability, which is literally an uppercut. Uh, <laughs> it it just it's a straight MK uppercut, um, and if you get him a special item, he also gets a kick. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, at this point, like you might as well give May all the abilities that Tusk has from from Dota, and just be like, okay, well, this is pretty much the same character. We just we just put them together. Now May has a punch and a kick ability, uh, plus ice. Like I think that'd be really, it. Uh, like we, May doesn't need any more buffs. Please don't take this seriously. But like, <laughs> it's it would be a funny thing to to mention to be like, okay, well this 
this character exists. Um, so why why wouldn't you make the joke that this is the same thing? If you're gonna buff May, you have to put her on tank roll. That's that's the rule, though. Yeah, like you you could you can definitely do that. Like the entire like even Tusk in in uh in Dota is a tank. Like he he just eats damage, but he also does like his entire purpose is to like displace people, which would be really annoying if like they had the same thing where like imagine if you got frozen by May and then she like pushes you off the map. Like that's that's what Tuska does. He he puts he freezes, he holds you in place, and then he kicks you into something, like into a tree or into a wall. And you're just like, oh, okay. But yeah, I just think it would be it'd be interesting if they start picking up certain things from other games like that. Yeah. So that I think ends the the Overwatch news part of it. We do have other news that's more from around the internet like this first one i i i i don't understand it um so apparently sega wizards of the coast and a bunch of other other game and geek and nerd companies are looking to start selling nfts um and if you don't know what an nft is an nft stands for non-fungible token and what that is is it's so the best kevin do you know about NFTs? They're like souvenirs in a way, kind of. Kind of. I mean, like to the to the best of my knowledge, and like see if it, this lines up with what you understand of them. NFTs are like they're like digital art that is at the same time unique. Although, like anybody can have the art, a copy of the art, but you own the title to it so it's like it's like how you can own an original van gogh right you can have the original starry night van gogh and whoever has that like has it to enjoy um but other people can also order like prints of it or copies of it or they can like have copies of the internet but instead of like actually having the physical painting that he actually touched and painted and applied paint on and it's like the real one like you're just you own the rights to a digital piece of art so you just own the rights to a digital file uh does that line up with your understanding of what an nft is yeah for like i have a hard time like putting it into digital terms. I mean, yeah, it's such a weird concept. It's like it's like Bitcoin is to money, I would I would say. Kinda. Yeah, but like even with Bitcoin, it has like it has like actual like value. Like when it comes to like these things it's like you get the rights to a picture of something and not even the real thing. It's and then anyone can also download a copy of that image on the internet still. Yeah. So what's the what's the benefit here? There's I don't I don't honestly I honestly like from what I've read, the benefit of an NFT is you can say you own the rights to it. That's literally it. I mean, if you're a big let's just say if you're like a video gamer 
who like needs the rights to use it on like a like a piece of promotional art or you're using it for a game of some sorts or like a something like that then yeah maybe it makes sense but other than that i don't not see... even really it doesn't even i don't even think it really has the, that benefits like okay so so the kotaku article i'm i'm looking at is just absolutely sassy about this it's 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 titled sega wants to sell nfts can fuck right off <laughs> um and and they they bring up they answer that question kevin and their answer is there are literally no benefits to this whatsoever, only perils and scams. And yet Sega is dumb slash greedy enough to see a wave created by techno bros and crypto investors, ignore the warnings and explainers and try to catch a piece of it anyway. Um, and so Sega's plan is to quote from Sega, this will be the start of a sequential expansion into a variety of content, including IPs currently in development and new IPs to be released in the future. So they want to be in this thing for the long haul. Um, I don't understand it at all. Like there's been, I believe what the, the developer owner, CEO, whatever of Twitter um. I think he sold an NFT of his uh, autograph for either 3000 or $3 million. One of the two, like there, there somehow is money behind this is my question is like, yeah, this seems like the fad thing now, but honestly, how long is this sustainable? Cause like, it's just, you saying that I own this PDF. Cool, dude. What are you going to do with it? Exactly. That becomes the question. It's like, what the, the real question is like, what can I do with it? Like, can <laughs> you, you really do it. much with it? Like, just be like, Haha, I own this. I mean, it's that's, like, that's pretty much it. You can, you can say, uh, I own this. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not a lot. Like I get it for like sports franchises and like things that you get physically, like, uh, the Warriors recently did one where they're announcing like, oh, we're also selling NFTs, but it's like, um, it, it's more of like souvenirs. Like they they'll give away like, um, replicas of the, of the championship rings, or, like, commemorative tickets with like certain events that happened, um, like that that stuff kind of makes sense. It's like that's something that they're willing to give up and and show to the world like hey this is something that you could you could like own a piece of history here mm-hmm. but just to say like oh i i own i own the rights to this pdf it's not that's not something that you could put on a tinder profile and people will be like yeah that that guy that guy definitely spent his money well <laughs> oh god like you know how art collector is uh Art collector, art curator, art critic, those are all are like museum also like museum curators. Those are those are all jobs, right? Yeah. Are we gonna see this for NFTs? Like is is NFT curator gonna be a job in the future? That sounds like a really bad like <laughs> simulator game. Like <laughs> <laughs> NFT curator. Yeah, and like you're like in an NFT museum, and your entire job is to just like learn the inventory. 
<laughs> that sounds really those are really bad but what would the difference between that and just like a pdf gallery or like just a normal image gallery on a website be i i don't know like this is this is the random things that uh people are spending their money on i guess i mean if we, you want to spend your money on that good for you i spend my money on comic books so i but at least like with physical comic books like there's 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 tangible value to it you know i don't know if we're getting nfts completely wrong and if you have an a a, a of take on it that makes us look stupid for bashing nfts please by all means let us know and and we will we will humbly admit our mistake but at this point in time i think this is just a fad yeah i don't i don't really see this going anywhere um that's at least like insane or crazy enough for us to want to invest you know mm-hmm. right like i uh yeah, good good luck for you if you if you if you're buying NFTs. Um, hopefully you can cash that in and sell it to a museum or something later on. I don't know. Um, I don't I don't know what the plans are for those. But okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, so Respawn Entertainment has made history as a gaming company by winning the very first Oscar in history for a gaming company. Um, according to Game Informer, and I wasn't able to watch the Oscars as much as I wanted to this year. I normally I'd really like the Oscars, um, but it was my sister's confirmation, and we were out eating at the time. Um, but according to Game Informer, Respawn Entertainment and Oculus Studios won an Oscar for Best Documentary Short um, for a documentary called Colette from Metal Honor Above and Beyond. So it's a uh, it was a VR experience. Um, rooted in real life World War II history, so they won a an Oscar for that. Um, this is this opens up a lot of doors, and I think this also it adds more legitimacy to the world of gaming. I feel like gaming has just in spite of how big of an industry it is, I feel like a lot of people don't respect gaming as much as they could. And I think this is the start for for gaming to, in the eyes of maybe older generations and people who don't believe that gaming is is a real big thing. I think the the prestige of winning an Oscar brings a, a sort of recognition to the the power of interactive storytelling and legitimacy to that. Although I, I mean, this is a this is a documentary. I'm in an interactive documentary, but on that, on that flip side, it's, it's like, should gaming cross over into the space of movie awards? Um, in, in my opinion, I mean, coming from, coming from both the worlds here, um, I would say that it, it's good to keep them like, I, I like the use of the medium. I feel like that that's the difference between gaming and like just watching a movie is the ability to change what's going on in the game like having that like how can i say it that the options the the free the quote unquote free will to choose what happens in the game right um that's what's exciting for me 
Um, but when it comes to like, should games be winning Oscars? I don't know if you can take it in that direction far enough for it to be like only like should those two merge together should we have a gaming oscars right um i i don't know and i don't think that it's enough for how can i say it it's just hard to describe i think movies and games should be separated just because gaming is far far more like different in a good way they have a lot more control and like freedom to do a lot more in their in their field than movies because movies is only what we could put up on a screen um and but the use of like vr technology to tell it was really good so i i trust that you know filmmakers will keep doing that where they'll keep trying to do weird things with tech and bring a new experience um but at the same time like I don't think that like even though it had a great story like um I don't think video games should be winning Oscars. I feel like if you're good enough you win the categories in your own like field, you know. Yeah. The game would you say the game awards is 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 the game version of the Oscars or is it another one? Is is there anything else that you think? I mean, yeah, I feel I, like I the feel Game like Awards are like kind of the ones that we look at because that's right. kind of the one that's pushed the most. But yeah, I don't know if there's another version of that that we have that's, you know, big mm-hmm. enough for us to like eat up completely, you know? Yeah. Do you think do you think that this is is going to lead to other gaming companies doing things like interactive documentaries or things like this and trying to get that that award? Yeah, I I feel like it, it's cool if you have um how can I say it? <laughs> I'm I'm like drawing blanks like halfway through my it is my discussion. Like 11 o'clock at night. It is. Uh but yeah, I feel like if gaming companies want to help with advancing their own technology for either gaming or, you know, movie-going experiences, creators and creative people in general will find a way how to use that medium. So, I mean, the the fun example for me was like Tilt Brush, right? Um, Tilt Brush is like a VR painting thing, right? And when you first like hear about tilt brush you're like okay painting in 3d what what is that like even like how do you even how do you even do that and then you see people draw like amazing like almost immersive worlds with tilt brush and you just like hop in and look at the art from the inside and you're like okay i understand where this is coming from um i feel like if we get more access i feel like if if the uh headsets become more more accessible for people um more people will be on board to watch you know a 360 movie or um to watch something of that caliber um it's just a matter of like how are we gonna do it you know right right like i've never experienced 
something I have, I have very limited experience in VR. Like my experience of VR mostly has been like, I played Beat Saber once or twice mm-hmm. when my brother's girlfriend brought her um, PlayStation VR thing. And aside from that, it's been like back in the early 2000s going into arcades, especially in Las Vegas and like playing their VR games and stuff like that. You remember that stuff, Kevin, going to an arcade? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I miss arcades. I I want to... Uh, I, I miss arcades so much. They're expensive, though, dude. That's like, the thing. You got to have money. Like, I'll, like, if you're going on a date, like, you can drop 30 bucks each and, like, play there for, like, a couple hours and, and have fun with it. As long as you don't do yeah. games that are, like, like, the token eating games, like, you, <laughs> yeah, can, you, can, are... you could be fine, but, like, I mean, my guilty pleasure, as it were, in arcades is you know those mini basketball hoops. Oh yeah, those ones. Dude, I I slay on those. Like I, I used to like. I think it gives you what like, it gives you like a minute or something, something like, like that. that. Okay, like I'm hitting high eighties, like eighties, oh, nineties, hundreds, on those, and like, it's been a year, you know, since quarantine the arcades still aren't open and like that's like the one game that like i could say i'm good at like i i wouldn't consider myself good at overwatch or uh anything else i'm like okay the one game that requires somewhat of a sports mentality is the one that you're good at (laughs) like yeah i guess yeah i mean for me uh one of my exes and i like our first date was to santa monica and there's a Santa Monica Pier has a arcade there, and we just played um, what's it called again? Air hockey. We had air hockey for a really long time, and that was a lot of fun. So, oh man, I miss arcades. What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about VR. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to VR, if the technology becomes more accessible to people, um, I feel like a lot more people will be willing to embrace and enjoy what VR has to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of, like the price point for the Ocul- like the Quest Two, I think is four hundred dollars right now, which is still a lot. It's pretty steep. Um, but the fact that it's an all-in-one is really nice. But other than that, like it's not something people look at it as like a novelty. It's not like a household item that like everybody uh-huh. has to have a VR headset. Um, but I feel like if you know if Oculus like under Facebook gaming starts like working on it to like a crazy extent. Um, like I, I remember the first thing that I downloaded on my quest two was a virtual desktop. And that's like having a mini PC in your headset. Mm. Um, just like to be able to watch like YouTube videos and like scroll your Twitter feed at the same time. <laughs> but like if they made the headset more powerful, and still all in one, then you can you can bet that people will start buying that up. Yeah. The last thing I have here, um, this is an interesting story that's been going around the internet that some that a lot of people are they're they've taken sides on this one. Um, so the PlayStation 4 exclusive game Days Gone, um, the correct the creative director of that, um, John Gavin said that. If you love a game and want a sequel, you should buy that fucker at full price. <laughs> um, uh, 
I don't know how to feel about this. And like, even, even in this interview that he was having with, um, it was on a YouTube show with David Jaffe. Um, Jaffe brought up like, well, how are you supposed to know if you like a game? If, if, how are you supposed to buy a game at full price? If you don't know if you like it or not, like I, I've bought games that I absolutely hate and I don't want to play again. And I bought it at full price and I felt absolutely like this was a waste of money. And I feel like a lot of people, especially with today's economy, like they, they wait to, till games are on like game pass or if they're on like um the 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 free game things from like xbox or playstation or they'll wait till it's on sale at like gamestop or something to buy it um and his response was i'm just saying if i'm just saying you don't but don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if it wasn't supported at launch it's like god of war got whatever number of millions of sales at launch and you know days gone didn't I'm just speaking for me personally as a developer. I don't work for Sony. I don't know what the numbers are. Um, and then he wanted to talking about piracy and, and whatever. But I think he's taking a really stupid self-centered position on this. Like you're 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 working on a game for a big studio. Like you obviously have the support of a studio to make this one game, and like you probably have a lot more money than the rest of us consumers do. So a lot of people who end up liking your game bought it at a time when they could afford it. So are you penalizing those people for being poor? Are you insulting us for, are you saying that we don't get a sequel for a game that you made because we were too poor to buy it when it came out at full price and we didn't know whether it would justify our purchase? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's uh uh, that's not the right mentality. If okay, if you're gonna say that all games, like if you're mad that it didn't get a sequel, all games should be coming. You should buy all games at full price, right? Yeah, that's that's essentially what his argument. That's is. his argument, right? Yeah. Then every game should have a demo. Mm. Every game should have a free demo. Therefore, you get a chance to play the game, see if you enjoy the graphics, and then you you make that decision if you want to buy it at full price. Because otherwise, like, if we're supposed to just go off of pictures, I've seen games that, like, you know, I I like from the pictures. I like the art style. And then I get in and I'm like, what is this? Like, this, this isn't how I envision this game playing, right? Right. Um, or, like, for example, like, if you were to look at screenshots of, like, the Jackbox Party Pack, for example, like, how... How am I supposed to understand the game like that's being played from just the screenshots themselves? Like or or Dota, right? Like just games in general. Like you can't tell how a game's gonna be played only from its screenshots. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to actually get in the game and enjoy it hands-on. So yeah. Whether it's like, you know, if it's a story game only releasing the first chapter for free, um, if it's you know, like a like a card game, maybe you know first tutorial missions and then like maybe a couple of cpu only battles like things like that that are just small enough to get people interested in the universe and understand what the game is about um is effective enough into getting people to buy your game um obviously another one another big like piece of it is um word of mouth so mm -hmm. let's say if you release the demo 
like two or three months in advance and people love it um right and then you release a game and you know people are just like it's the same exact thing as the demo it's just better right then you you start getting buzz before your even initial release so i have to say like the the counter argument to his thing is if we're gonna buy a game at full price you have to give us a demo yeah it's mean it's like uh i think it was when i right when i was around playing um I think I would just like been on a, a big Skyrim kick and I was looking for something else to play. Uh, I went to GameStop and like, even, even with the, uh, the word of mouth, it's not necessarily the best judge because some people like a game that you don't like, like I was recommended to try a dragon age. Um, it looked good. I'd seen images of it before the game, the back of the game sounded really great. And then I tried it and I realized it's like, from what I remember, it's it's a game that's like largely based on auto attack. And I absolutely hate games that use auto attack. I feel like it's, I'm not actually playing. I feel like at some point I'm just watching the gameplay itself. So if I had to buy that, luckily I was able to return it and like, get, I think I eventually got uh, the original Red Dead Redemption or I think I got that instead. But if I had to pay full price for Dragon Age and I couldn't have switched it out, I would have been so mad with that purchase. Like, I would have cursed Dragon Age to the day I died, probably. <laughs> so, again, I feel like this is this is just absolutely tone deaf in saying, um, screw you for being poor. It's your fault that you don't get a sequel. Yeah, and I feel like how it should go is like if people if you enjoy the game and you're making profit off the first one and you know that there's people who want to play a sequel then make it because mm -hmm. you're passionate about your projects and you want to see them go through that way uh, you shouldn't put like a project that you want to work on like behind a paywall essentially you yeah. want to have people enjoy the game like I, the best example of this that's happening right now, actually, um, is Friday Night Funkin'. It's one of my favorite games right now. Um, Friday Night Funkin' started off as like a, it's a Newgrounds game, uh, Flash, like DDR almost, right? Um, for your keyboard. They released the first six weeks, which has like three songs per week. So approximately like 18 songs. Um, but I think as of like a couple months ago, like not even a month ago, um, they said, okay, we're going to do a Kickstarter for it. Um, if we reach a certain point, we're going to release 20 more weeks. And then they said, okay, if we hit this stretch goal, we'll, we'll release 60 weeks total. And I'm like, that, that's like, that's 180 songs. Like, <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. So, they got us all excited with like literally a demo, a free demo where you can use any part of it as you'd like. And then they just said like, okay, well, you guys love the game. We love the game. We're going to make a full version of the game. Uh, if you want to buy into it, buy into it and we will make it happen. And so uh, you, you, you bet, you bet your pants. I backed that immediately. It was something that I did, uh, but yeah, that's how games should be. If you really love a game and people enjoy it, uh, you bet that people are going to 
spend money and back the projects. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like you should love the projects if you're the developer and if you're if your fan base likes it and you want to make another one, go ahead and do it. I think part of the issue here also is that like money is, it looks like it's the primary metric being used to determine success within a game. I feel like it doesn't take account to like the community, the, the support, like, the the ratings and like yes you have to factor money into it because it's like you have to pay the people you have to pay to develop it you have to pay to continue to support it and, and all these things but th- there's got to be another way to determine whether or not a game is successful than just by money and and it's this it's this kind of obsession with money that goes to like sony redoing last of us for the third time or the second they're they're doing the third version of the original last of us which we don't need no one wanted that we've already had the ps4 remake after it was a ps3 game like it's it's money's not the only metric of success yeah the success is not always about you know how much money the game made it's also like the impact of the game um and like what kind of things follow that up like if you (laughs) another freaking i'm like on a gamer roll today i feel it um another good example of that was the world ends with you um it was not a popular game it's by square enix same people who made you know uh final fantasy all those like big name stuff right Mm -hmm. um but it was a game that was made in 2007 2007 I played it in 2009. I love the story. I love the characters. It filled my emo void in that time. Um, and it was, it's, it's that game for me. Um, but people kept making noise about it. Uh, the character showed up in Kingdom Hearts, one of, one of them, one of the, you know, Kingdom Hearts, like, insert fraction letter dream thing, right? And then... Uh, Eventually, it got enough people that it got anime, like, people's attention as well. And now there's an anime of it out right now, mm-hmm. this season. And it's only taken 21 years, or, you know, it's only, it's only taken a long time, right? Like, it, what, 14 years. It's only taken 14 years for this anime to come out, right? Um, and then, in the summer, they finally announced that they're doing a sequel. So it only, only took us 15 years to get a sequel, but it was good. Like it, they knew that there was a fan base out there. They knew they didn't like just sweep us under the bus. They could have easily just said like, "Okay, that was a game. It was cool," and then just not do anything with it. But because of the fan base and uh, just the amount of noise that it made, people wanted to bring it back, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, and like there are so many good games that like. As 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 someone who does not make a ton of money right now, um, what being it pandemic times and terrible job market and just I feel like part of the right of being a, a millennial is that we just don't make money. Um, there's so many games that I, I've tried and and enjoyed because they were on sale, like Hades. Like I, I don't I, I bought Hades because it you kept you kept talking about it and because it was on sale. And 
I loved it. And I only played that because I, it was at a price that I could afford, you know? Yeah. And like, we understand, obviously we need to, to pay to support it, but don't penalize us if we wait till we can afford to support you, you know? Anyway, anything, any news that you have, Kevin, that you found? Um, no, there's not a lot of news that I, I saw. Um, I guess the only other thing that I want to get out before, you know, we close this news section out is, uh, if this does come out in the next, you know, couple days, I will be doing a 24 hour stream on the 30th. Ooh. Um, it's kind of a late birthday thing for me. Uh, a lot of people were saying like, oh, well, you haven't, you haven't streamed in a while. So we want to see you struggle. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, Pokemon Snap comes out on the 30th. So oh, nice. I was, I was going to do that anyways. Um, struggle, I meant not play Pokemon <laughs> Snap. Uh, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be doing that. Uh, hopefully starting at noon and ending at noon the next day. So, um, yeah, if you want to see me play play games, feel free to stop by. It's uh, K-A-N-A-S-H-I-I-G-G on Twitch. So go ahead and find me there. Uh, April, April 30th at 12 p.m. PST. Uh, yeah, stop by and say hi. All righty then, guys. Thanks for tuning into the news section. Uh, give our gameplay section a listen if you haven't already, which should be coming out around the same time as this, depending on how much energy I have to edit everything and get everything out. Um, but yeah, thanks for... Uh, oh my God. So Last of Us 3 has already been written as I'm looking at internet right now. Last of Us has already been written while they're remastering The Last of Us 1. I, you're working on the third one and the remaster. I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Anyway, thanks for listening. Tune into the gameplay section. See you guys next week. Next week, we bring you more gaming and internet news and continue our league coverage. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.